you're listening to Mysteries Beyond. What mysteries lie beyond the reach of our senses? And who are you in this vast multiverse? Hello and welcome to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender. Before we get into our topic for today, I am excited to share with you guys that this is a listener-requested episode, and I want to give a big shout-out to, well, I'll just use their social media name, to Inkish, who reached out to me recently and requested that I do an episode on the manifestation of demons, and I thought that that was a great idea. Let's explore that topic a little bit more. So thank you so much for that suggestion, Inkish. I loved it. Oh, and by the way, by the time you hear this, happy belated birthday or happy solar return. But yes, absolutely. Let's dive into this. All right. So to recap, what are demons? I think it's important to begin by addressing this question. So one perspective is that demons are actually ancient gods, but with the rise of monotheistic religion, meaning religions who believed there was one and only one god, these other gods were later demonized. It would be like saying Zeus, the great Greek god of the sky, lightning, and thunder. It would be like assigning him as the one and only Greek god they're supposed to follow. But as we know, there are other gods in the Greek pantheon. What about Athena? What about Poseidon? What about Demeter? What about Hera? Well, because there can only be one god, let's just turn all of these other gods into demons. So, in the most simplest of terms, that's basically what happened. But because these gods and or demons can also evolve with time, and because they can also be carried from one culture to another, and essentially be adopted by different people in different parts of the world, their attributes also change. Similar to what happened with Lamashtu, the once Mesopotamian goddess who was later demonized. And out of her, we got Lamia, Lilith, sirens and vampires. I like to think of them as tulpas of some sort. Well, I should really say egregores, but it's still part of that Tibetan concept where if you focus, if you give enough energy and focus enough energy, it can manifest. And in this sense, they can be external forces. This is why, although I don't consider myself a Catholic anymore, I also don't consider myself an atheist. And I don't make fun of, judge, and or criticize, well, at least I try not to, (laughs) people who believe in God. Because if enough people, and think about how many people are doing this, focus their energy and their intent onto him, then sure, why not? 
he may very well exist. And at the same time, because you yourself have this capability, you are a god. But I'm veering off track completely here, so let me stay focused on my topic for today. We're talking about manifestation, and specifically the manifestations of demons. It's just so easy to veer off into different rabbit holes, isn't it? Alright, so demons are once ancient gods that were later demonized, that can evolve with time, and they can be external forces through the power of the mind. And speaking of the mind, demons are also aspects of our consciousness. If we think of it in terms of hermetics, which are basically the seven universal laws. Now, these are laws that you cannot escape. You'll find them everywhere and in all three planes of existence, the physical plane, the mental plane, and the spiritual plane. The first principle being mentalism, meaning the all is mind. Now, if the all is mind, then that means that each and every single one of us has access to it. And so, therefore, psychologically speaking, angels and demons are then just aspects of our psyche. And our psyche consists of the conscious mind. Now, this is when we are aware of things. So, for example, you suddenly become aware of the fact that you're craving chocolate. So, you get up and you go grab a piece to satisfy that craving. That's your conscious mind, right? You suddenly became aware of the fact that you were craving chocolate, so you went and you grabbed some. Our psyche is also composed of the subconscious mind. Now, this is where we basically run on autopilot. So, perhaps you were watching TV and you saw a commercial for chocolate and suddenly you're craving it. That's because you were influenced through your subconscious and you weren't really paying attention to commercials. Why? Because we normally don't really care about commercials. But that's why they say that about 99% of our actions are governed through our subconscious. And lastly, our psyche is also composed of our unconscious mind. Now, this is the part of our mind that we are completely unaware of. This is where our shadows reside. Our demons. Because a demon is a part within ourselves that we have neglected. It's in desperate need of our love and our attention. And this is why and how demons can become harmful to us. Because it's all of that trauma, all of those emotions, all of that shame, perhaps, that we've suppressed. And we are living with it on a day-to-day basis and carrying all of that baggage, per se, without us even realizing it, without us even knowing that we have it. And it weighs us down and can have harmful repercussions. And so to access the unconscious mind, because the all is mind and therefore we all have access to it, our brain has to be in the theta brainwave state. 
which is essentially a very relaxed, a very deep and relaxed meditative state. When we meditate, we are open to receiving a lot more information. I know I certainly have. And when we access our unconscious mind, we can begin to work with our shadows. And so essentially our shadows are our own personal demons. And at the same time, you can call upon those external forces, other demons, to help you, to help you alchemize your internal ones and bring them to the light. And you have to remember, demons are agents of chaos and destruction, and they will bring that into your life when you begin working with them. They will tear down and demolish things that no longer serve you in your life. Also keep in mind that good and evil are man-made concepts, and these beings transcend all of that. They don't abide by those rules. And so when you start working with demons, you can expect manifestations of them in your life. Meaning you'll start to see some signs that are associated with them. Like a favorite offering, perhaps you'll see pomegranates or even animals that are associated with them, such as horses, black dogs, spiders, frogs, etc. And you'll know it's them. And here's how you'll know. Let's say you're working with Ball. And I'm only using him because he seems to be a really popular one. His animal associations are cats, toads, and spiders. But let's say you're at the store, minding your own business, going about your day. And suddenly, you see a toad. And you may have seen this on, on a label or on someone's shirt. But it instantly triggers you to think about Baal. This sign is meant to be specifically for you. Because if you told anyone else, they'll just say it's a coincidence, or you're making something out of nothing, or that you're reaching for a sign. So that's how you'll know. That's one manifestation. Another form is through dreams. They could also very well show up in your dreams. And they'll either show you something or bring you a message. And it will have such a lasting impression that when you wake up, you'll remember. And that's because you're aligning yourself with their energy. The spirit realm is real. And these beings have currents of energy. So if you decide to work with them, I would suggest that you show them respect and appreciation. How? Well, what's your currency? Energy. So charge them by giving them your time, your energy, and your attention. Sit with them and meditate. Give them an offering such as their favorite incense. Or light a candle in their name. That is actually a form of sacrifice. And if you meditate with them, or in their name, or in their honor... You might actually get answers. You might actually get a reply. You may see an image come to your mind's eye. Or you might start to feel an emotion. A stream of consciousness. Suddenly you just know the answer. 
you might even hear an answer in your mind. So just pay attention to those small little details. The more you listen, the more you'll start to develop a relationship with them and you'll start to get to know them and then you'll recognize them. It's like working a muscle. And so you can establish that connection by asking them to teach you more about them. You know, you can ask them, how do you work? How do you operate? And if you feel comfortable with it, you can even ask them to come into your dreams and help explain. But however you approach them is what you'll get back. What I mean is if you go in with fear or if you go in being disrespectful, well, you can expect the same in return. And it also comes with a warning. As I've said before, these demons are agents of chaos and destruction, meaning they can destroy you to help you. They will demolish your mental state, emotional state, and physical state. When it comes to shadow work and our trauma, what the demonic does is it influences. It's not necessarily quote-unquote, a bad thing. It's just how it works. And it's also about perspective. It's an opportunity given to us to actually see and become aware of what is happening. It's like an alarm, right? Something's off. Something's not right. It's like when you touch something hot. You feel it, you feel it, you feel it, but if you don't move your hand, well, it's going to burn you and it's going to physically hurt you and scar you. And this is why it's important to know thyself. And to start that process, you'll need to do shadow work. We have to become more aware of ourselves and really ask ourselves, where are those intrusive negative thoughts coming from? Are those my thoughts? What is influencing those thoughts? Emotions can be a really huge hint that a demon is making their presence known. What do I mean by this? Okay, I am a huge advocate for the phrase, as I think, as I feel, as I act. For example, if you're feeling angry and or irritated, then your thoughts have already been influenced by a negative entity, definitely but perhaps by a demon. Why? Because demons influence through your trauma. I believe it was Herman Hesse who said, if you hate a person, you hate something in him that is a part of yourself. What isn't a part of ourselves doesn't disturb us. So if the mere sight and or presence of someone irritates you, and that's a red flag of a shadow aspect within you that desperately needs your love and attention. So, if most people are unconscious of their traumas and are not willing to become conscious of them, then they are the ones who are susceptible to becoming possessed by demonic energy without even knowing what is happening in their life. You see, the trauma that someone has buried in their unconscious has a certain vibration, a certain frequency, and they are emitting this frequency 
and it's a low negative frequency. It's part of that negative polarity. So these beings that exist within our universe of negative vibration will naturally be drawn to it. So in a way, these people are calling onto them and they are inviting them in without them even realizing it. So these beings, these demons and or infernals, through your shadow and through your shadow work, can help to illuminate you. It's just a matter of perspective. Remember, the universe always works in our favor. I hope that you guys found this dark episode enlightening. <laughs> and if you guys have any questions or if there are any comments or if there's any feedback or if there's simply anything that you guys feel like sharing with me, you can reach me at lauralavender.mb at gmail.com and or you can friend me on Instagram at lauralavender.mb and or on TikTok, same handle, lauralavender.mb. Also, don't forget to check out the website at www.mysteriesbeyond.com. And guys, thank you so much for listening to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender, and I'll see you guys next episode.